this year, across the country, we'll be voting on who we want as our mayor and who we want on our councils. All of us, that is, except for Tauranga. Local Government Minister Nanaia Mahuta has scrapped plans for local elections in Tauranga this year. Instead, Nanaia Mahuta announced that the commissioners will carry on for two more years until 2024. The dysfunctional council was sacked in December 2020 and commissioners were installed to run the fifth biggest city in the country. Well, the challenge uh, for me was to weigh up uh, what has been a very difficult and disparate voice at, around the governance table uh, for Tauranga City Council. So what I want to do is try and settle that down. Nanaia Mahuta recently decided that the Tauranga commissioners would stay on, sparking cries from some of democracy being thrown out the window. But it's not the first time commissioners have had to parachute in to run local government in New Zealand. The government will appoint commissioners to run the debt-stricken Kaipara District Council. We saw the government passing legislation effectively sacking Environment Canterbury and replacing them with commissioners and um, deferring elections. Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang and on my last episode for the detail, how bad do things need to get before commissioners take over and are they the right call? Democracy is a wonderful thing, and we, we sort of need to absolutely preserve it. But every now and again, things go wrong. Sam Calway is a regional reporter for One News in the Bay of Plenty. He grew up in Tauranga, and after stints elsewhere, is now living back there. It's a city that is so beautiful. It's got so much going for it. You've got the busiest port. You've got you know fabulous beaches. Uh, but it just hasn't kept up with the pace and growth that it needed to. Property managers there estimate the city is short around a 1,000 rental properties, and the ones that are there are skyrocketing in price. This is a city of, of 150,000-odd people now, and the community facilities, things like netball courts, you know, sports fields, the last 20 years there's been very little investment in making this you know, a big city with the big city amenities. But the growing pains of the city have been far from the only problem affecting the area. So we had an elected council. We had 11 councillors, including a mayor. And we started hearing murmurings of some dysfunction in the council. It sounded like it was a very difficult place to work. You obviously had the executive team who was getting on and doing what they needed to do, but you had a group of councillors in there some of whom were very experienced and some of whom were quite new. But there were a number of issues going on, and I guess that all came to the front when a report was commissioned and it found that there was just a high-level dysfunction, there was bullying, there was all sorts of antics going on within the council that was having major effects of, of what was supposed to be getting done and wasn't. Look, those former councillors would probably argue that there was a lot done under their leadership, many points to the fact that they had a, a mayor that they didn't really get along with. And some also say that the fight to become the mayor never really finished once Tembi Powell was elected and other councillors wanted to potentially be mayor themselves. So that report came out, and in 2020... Tauranga Mayor Tembi Powell has resigned after a meeting today, effective immediately. Tauranga's future as a city of strategic importance to New Zealand cannot be left to a small group of petty politicians who have a long track record of hindering or even worse, stopping progress. He encouraged, in fact, pleaded the government to get involved and to put commissioners in place. Uh, there were a number of different ways that could have looked. They could have put a, a crown manager in place, for example, but 
the local government minister decided no, they would disband the council and put four commissioners in place. Former National MP for the East Coast, Anne Tolley, will chair the team of four commissioners. The former Chief Executive of Infrastructure New Zealand, Stephen Selwood, is also on the team. The lineup includes two Tonunga locals. What do the commissioners actually do then? So the commissioners are pretty much like the council. They are involved in the day-to-day running of the city. They make the big decisions. They came in saying that they really wanted to talk and communicate with ratepayers and, and members of the city. So yeah, any any big decisions that's made, council meetings, all of that stuff, they, they are across it. And the government decided to extend their role until July 2024. What was the basis for that decision? Because, you know, everyone else around the country, they're getting ready to have local elections. Yeah, look, I think um, Nanaia Mahuta did announce this in Taranga just recently. She decided that it would be extended. She talked about the fact that these commissioners had made great progress. She pointed to the Civic Precinct building, which will effectively sort of run from three blocks down to the waterfront. It'll be about a $300 million spend. And she said it'd be good to have the commissioners oversee that project to implement the long-term plan, to continue community engagement. Of course, there would be some on the other side of the fence who said there still isn't, or who may say there still isn't community engagement. And and yes, for it to be pushed out to 2024 is, is quite a long time. And keep in mind, the elections were supposed to be this year. 2024 will will come about and then I think Nanaia Mahuta's plan is to to elect councillors and a mayor but then that term would only be potentially for a year until the next general election which would be or the local body election which would be in 2025. Have the commissioners been doing a good job? If you look at what they were brought in to achieve some would say yes some would say they've pushed uh, this civic precinct they've managed to pull together a long-term plan in a matter of a year. Many say they've had meetings with commissioners where they've never had meetings with former mayors and councillors before, especially those who work in the social agency field. But it, it would very much depend on who you speak to in terms of whether or not they have done a good job. There are reports on the council website where, you know, it looks at what the commissioners have done and what they haven't done. But keep in mind, Jesse, this... This is a group of, you know, this is four people who have come into a job almost blind, really. I mean, Anne Tolly has a huge amount of experience. She lived uh, in Ohalpi and, of course, is, is living here. Shad does live here as well. But for four people to pull it all together, it's, it's a tricky thing to do. And it's a city that so desperately needs good leadership. Mm. We've got to be one of the, you know, the most beautiful cities in the country, yet there's so many issues with, with Devonport Road and shops closing and um, so much sort of spend on infrastructure, but still there's this undercurrent of people who are against every step of progress that the city needs. So it's it's a challenging job. I personally wouldn't like to be a commissioner in, in, in the city at the moment. A former mayor of Tauranga believes commissioners continuing to run the city council there is not good for democracy. People of Tauranga have been able to get it right, arguably, for the other terms, and they should be given the opportunity again. We had this forced on us by, by the government, by Mahuta, and I think I speak for a lot of people around here that we want to get back to democratic um, voting for our own 
council. A lot of it does hark back to democracy. They say this isn't democratic and they want to elect the people from the region who know a lot about the region to to run the council. So do you know what the divide is in terms of, you know, is it just a small group of people who really don't want change? Yeah, I think... I think, it, again, it, it really depends on, on who you speak to. I mean, the, the, the business community is completely backing the commissioners. You've got the Chamber of Commerce coming out saying they needed to stay on for longer. You've got the Urban Task Force, who is also a, you know, like a group of developers who are saying, you know, they're really backing this decision to keep the commissioners in place. Uh, but then you have those smaller groups or organisations to the side who, who really just want that democracy back, perhaps some who are who have lived in Tauranga for a really long time you know talking decades would would like to see it go back to that democratically elected council. Tauranga City Council isn't the first local body that's had to have such a drastic intervention. We'll get back to the Bay of Plenty later but first former Hastings Mayor and local government New Zealand President Lawrence Yule takes us on a trip down memory lane. It is a last resort for any government I think and the, the ones that come to mind for me, which are the most high profile, uh, were ECAN. The day of reckoning has come for Canterbury's 14 sacked regional councillors as they meet for the final time today. Councillors say the dismissal is a government coup to make way for fast-track irrigation and dairying in the region. The government replaced uh, that council with commissioners for nearly two terms. Kaipra where the commissioners came in after there was a massive budget blowout on a wastewater plant. The government's announced it's suspending local government elections in Kaipara in the wake of a highly critical report on the debt-ridden Kaipara District Council, and it's appointed four commissioners. It's fair to say that the government only gets involved in these things usually by a request or a concerted uh, level of pressure. So in, in the uh, ECAN case... The final thing was all the mayors of the Canterbury Mayoral Forum wrote to the minister and asked for commissioners to be appointed. In Kuiper's case, basically the community was up in arms about the level of rate increases, the cost of the wastewater plant, and the community group asked the minister. And so it's not something the government does lightly, nor does it want to do. Mm. Uh, It's reluctant to intervene in democracy, but sometimes it has to. Bad does it have to get before commissioners are appointed? Well, it's generally got to get pretty bad. And the government has a number of powers before it gets to a commissioner level. Um, it can appoint a DIA appointee onto the council, Department of Internal Affairs sort of person to work with the council. Uh, councils have the ability to co-opt, co-opt others on. Uh, and in Invercargill's case recently, Jeff Grant, uh, former MP, has been asked to come in and help there. Or the government can a- effectively appoint observers on, directly onto the council. Or ultimately, the government can appoint commissioners. How frequently does this actually happen in, in New Zealand history? Have we seen this a lot? No, not a lot. The ones I've mentioned, probably over a 10-year period, so probably about one every three years on balance, but there weren't really the provisions for this prior, and I, I'm not exactly sure of the date, 
but it, it's a it's a relatively recent uh, development in the last decade. And then there's been further refinements in the last five years to allow these what I call intermediary steps, where uh, people can you know get appointed to the council, the government can appoint uh, observers, those type of things, to try and avoid the do nothing versus the full on nuclear option, which is bringing in commissioners. And with you know these examples of Kaipara, Ecan, that the reasons for the breakdown of the council has it just been relational? breakdowns and financial difficulties? Generally, yes. Um, so if you look at ECAN, largely it was a breakdown between the urban population members on the ECAN council, which dominated by numbers, and the large rural part of environment Canterbury, which had real issues around water and the management of water. So Dame Margaret Baisley came in and did a fantastic job uh, with Bill Bayfield, who was the CEO at the time, and reset the relationship, particularly around water use, in a way that meant that the users actually had a real say in what was happening and came up with many of the solutions themselves. So that was sort of quite revolutionary. In Kuiper's case, uh, it was simply a massive budget blowout of one wastewater plant, which is a, effectively a joint venture arrangement with, I think, an Australian company, it cost over a hundred more than, million more than it should have on a small rating base, and that was very challenging. So those ratepayers said, "Well, we want help from somewhere." The government said, "Well, we we're not really helping you because it's not our problem." So they brought in commissioners, they knuckled down, sorted out at all the funding, and now it's you know it's, it's happily running as a council. They still refer to it as uh, you know as the wastewater issue that nearly brought them to their knees. The crux of the issue is that the consequence of getting commissioners in, it overrides democracy, which is a a fundamental right. So are commissioners worth the loss of democracy? Well, bearing in mind, commissioners only get brought in on a very rare occurrence. While people relish democracy, they also want to make sure what they're paying for and the services they're getting in the future of their city or district or region is being adequately managed uh, in a way that makes sense. When you have councillors fighting or dysfunctionality occurring or you have massive financial distress because of poor decision-making, then I think the general public actually realise that something needs to be done that's different to get things back on track. So I don't like trading off democracy for commissioners. But every now and again, there does need to be a mechanism uh, that allows um, you know, some of these things to be sorted out. It's, it's on the public record that there has been issues in Invercargill for some time. An independent reviewer says Invercargill residents should feel confident that their local council can do its job after a tumultuous 12 months that included potential government intervention. Late last year, his report found major issues stemming from a leadership void with Mayor Sir Tim Shadbolt struggling to do his job. The Minister could have put commissioners in there. She's chosen not to and she's working with the local authority to try and you know, make sure things sensible and well thought out to the next election. So no minister, whether it's um, in the current government or previous governments, want to appoint commissioners. 
but every now and again they weigh up that the public good for the area involved would be better served for a short period until things can be restored and resolved and, and democracy can flourish again. In our history, have commissioners always done a good job? So there, there hasn't ever been a time where they've come in and actually done a worse job? No, not that I'm aware of. And I'm not familiar on the street with what people tell me in Tauranga, but I do know that commissioners had to row up to some pretty difficult things in Tauranga where, you know, there's been an underinvestment in some social infrastructure. The business community had lost faith in the council. So those commissioners have put the rates up substantially to try and help with that level of investment. And Tauranga has always been challenged by the fact that it's had massive growth and generally the growth generates taxes for the government, but little revenue for the council. And I guess with um, Tauranga's case, especially because it's still ongoing, recently Nanai Mahuta, the Minister for Local Government, announced that the commissioners would stay until 2024. First of all, is that the right move? And will that actually be long enough? If so, well, it is the norm. Commissioners, um, it depends when they get appointed, but I think the Tauranga commissioners were appointed at the end of 2020. There's elections uh, in 2022. So effectively, she's, the minister is giving them four years. It's very similar to what happened in ECAN, where these were rolled over for a period. Uh, and in Kaipara, um, these was rolled over for a period as well. There is the potential um, in the Act for commissioners to be joined by elected members at some point. So there can be a transitional arrangement. I'm not surprised what the minister's done um, in Tauranga. Two years is sort of hardly enough to get things back on track, particularly if you're going to get some former members try and stand again on the basis of what it used to be. And I'm not disrespectful because a lot of very, very good people, but I think the commission needs to have a chance to embed what it, what it's doing, and then there will be a you know a fresh set of elections. People will understand, and in 2025, democracy will be restored in Tauranga. It's a million dollar question, really, isn't it? Um, it's a bit like, I guess, having the commissioners here. It's almost like an electric vehicle, right? And plugging it into the power source is going to charge that vehicle up pretty quickly. And in this sense, the the government is the power source and the commissioners have a direct link to the government, so they'll be driving and pushing change as hard as they can right up until 2024 to get the progress that the city needs. When Nanaya Mahuta extended the commissioner's term, there was talk that the current four could be replaced by completely new people in a few months' time. However, the commission chair, Anne Tolly, has indicated she's keen to stay on, as are her other three colleagues. Sam Cowway says there shouldn't be a change of hands. To have four new people come in and then, you know, that'll, that'll take a, a year of sort of getting their head around so many issues within the city council and then trying to drive change on, on top of that would be really difficult. So come October, I think it'll be a really interesting time for the city to see whether these commissioners stay on. Of course, there will be some backlash if they do, but it's probably the right direction for the city. The government's made its decision. These commissioners are going to be in place. So regardless of whether you back it or not, I think you need need that progression. You need to make sure that change does happen because otherwise um, it'll be pretty tricky to jump on and try and make big change in a couple of years. Mm.
you've got this great place in a great location, but the leadership is just not there and you have to get four people um, to come in to kind of like take the reins in a way like, is that embarrassing? Oh, absolutely. And I spoke to Matt Cowley, the the chief executive of the Chamber of Commerce, and he said it was incredibly embarrassing that these commissioners had to come in. He said any meeting that he went to, the first topic of conversation was Tauranga City's councillors and and the dysfunction and the issues that were happening there. And, and he said it was an embarrassment. Every meeting he went to, people, it was the first thing they wanted to talk about. But I think you can look at that at two from, from two sides, right? You can think, yes, it's highly embarrassing, or on the other side, perhaps it's kind of the injection that the city needs to, to get things going forward. And then, of course, we'll all welcome back those local body elections when they happen and and hopefully have the right councillors and the right mayor in place. That's it for today. For the last time, I'm Jessie Chang. The detail is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and is a joint newsroom and RNZ production. You can download us free to a mobile phone every weekday on any podcast platform. Adrian Holley engineered this episode, Sarah Robson produced it, and thanks to Sam Cowway and Lawrence Yule. Matewa.